Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. I am your host, Peter Komalafe. This is where we talk about money and all things personal finance, where we help you make the best financial decisions possible because money is a tool and life is for living. All right, good morning, everyone. So um, what we're going to be talking about today is something that I think many of us have have encountered. I've certainly encountered it in my life. And this is uh, the junction where we perhaps follow the the road, the the path that parents, family, loved ones expect of us. And we go down this path only to realize that we end up in a place that we don't really want to be in. And I've certainly dealt with it. So just give you a little bit of context and background for this for this episode. My parents are Nigerian, obviously, as you guys already know. And in my household or in African culture in general, you need to either be a doctor, accountant, a lawyer, or a solicitor, you know, an engineer of some kind in order to be deemed as a success. And so for me, my dad wanted me to be a doctor. And that led me to take sciences in school, physics, chemistry, biology, all of that good stuff. Although I had an affinity, and despite to the fact that I had an affinity for the arts, music, so on and so forth. And I got to a point when I came back to the UK, probably when I was about 2021, 20, thinking, actually, mm, I'm not sure that I'm cut out to be a doctor because, number one, I couldn't afford the education fees. And, yeah, I got to this juncture where it was very, very difficult. Am I going to disappoint my family? Am I going to disappoint my dad in particular? And I think a lot of us walk down this path where we end up in in places where we don't necessarily want to be there. We don't necessarily want to do that one thing and we don't see that being sustainable for us in the future. And so that's what we're going to be talking about here on the podcast today. This video, this episode is also going to be available as a video on YouTube as well. So you can catch that from 12 p.m. today. And to discuss this, I have uh, Michael Glassick here to give some tips on how to navigate this. I'm going to tie this up with some practical stuff from a monetary point of view as well. So Michael, Welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Peter. And um, yeah, it's good to hear a bit about your your story from your your heritage point. I was nodding along and um, coming from a, a mixed race background, but my, my mum being Jamaican uh, and dad kind of English, uh, and I think uh, I've had a, a similar experience, I suppose, to yourself in terms of that Caribbean heritage and, and wanting to fit into the the top three. I call it like the doctors, the engineers, the lawyers. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was there a preference in your family for which one you they wanted you to be? I, I, I think it was around the doctor route, and I, I was quite thankful that um, my, my mum and dad weren't too pushy. And and I, I think I, I come from a almost a second generation in, uh, kind of immigrant, so my mum and dad worked extremely hard, I would say, to to create a stable base for me to pursue my career. And so I didn't have to, I could see my career from a place of fulfillment, not just security, mm-hmm. first and foremost. So there was understandings and pushings towards that doctor route, but it wasn't too strong, thankfully. So uh, I, I didn't have as hard a time as yourself, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always one of those ones where I think every, everyone deals with it. But, and it's difficult, particularly when you've um, maybe gone to university and actually acquired that degree and spent a lot of time and often a lot of money acquiring that student mm-hmm. debt for those things to then decide, well, actually, this isn't really what I want to do. And you want to do something based on fulfillment, as you've just said there. I mean, how have you navigated that entire journey yourself? Yeah, I, so I, I think I, I went to university and although I had the, the understanding of kind of doing what I want to do, I, I mean, I started off doing an accounting and finance degree uh, and I was very fortunate for the university I joined 
they had the same four core modules, regardless of what business discipline you did. Uh, so very quickly, I realized business management, and it's easy with hindsight, you know, was the thing for me. And I swapped, swapped um, degrees because of that fascination of people and people's behaviors. Um, but I still kind of didn't take the, the sign, I suppose, at the time. And I went into a graduate career, you know, tried to, you know, uh, what, I suppose worked crazy hours and tried to progress very quickly, got a very good salary at a, a red, relatively low age. Um, and then had that, that changing doors moment, that closing doors moment when you realize like, you know, do I really want to be doing this for the rest of my life? Uh, and it really caused me to have um, increased my self-awareness and look into my interests and strengths at, uh, at a core um, and go into podcasts and, and find the world of coaching, really, which I'm fortunate to really be pushing down uh, that route going forwards and helping other people have that idea of realisation, you know, early in their 20s and 30s rather than waiting until they're, they're older in life, you know. Mm. I mean, the way they describe, or at least the phrase that is used to describe what we're talking about here is is the core of life crisis. And where I see it most is in people who, obviously, you've got the education side, you do a degree, then you find yourself in, if you're lucky enough to find a job in your chosen degree, you find that actually you don't want to be here. But I also see it quite commonly with the people that I work with who are in a nine to five job who simply just don't want to be there. And it becomes like a struggle between, I need this job because, well, I, I need to pay bills. And that feeling of entrapment. I mean, what, what's your experience and how do you see that coming from a place where you're trying to navigate or you are navigating now into coaching and helping people, speaking to people who are encountering this? Yeah, I, I think that the biggest thing, and, and you raise a really, really valid point around that, that entrapment that, you know, it's a, I think you've mentioned this before, it's the golden handcuffs, that, you know, you have yeah. that good salary and you have that bonus and it keeps you, you know, uh, you know, you're rather certain misery than the uncertainty of changing to a new career and a new role. And, and I suppose the, the number one thing for me to start off with, quite frankly, is defining your version of success. So not mm -hmm. what society, not what your parents think is successful, right? If you're a doctor, you've got the prestige. If you're a lawyer, you've got, you know, six-figure salaries. I suppose, what is your version of success? Um, and there's various kind of tasks and activities you can do to understand that. And that will then start you on that long, kind of lifelong journey to pursuing a, a new career or, or a new role. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it, actually, I had a coaching call with somebody um, over the weekend. And... Um, when I do coaching with people from a financial point of view, I often ask them to fill in some pre-work for me. And when the pre-work comes back, I then dissect what's in there because they have exercises to complete. And on the timeline that I set for this person, I asked them to complete, they said financial freedom. And mm. they had a, an age which was relatively close to where they are right now. And I opened up the session. I said, listen, so this is the thing that stood out to me in your pre-work that you sent back. You said that financial freedom is one of your biggest priorities. What does that mean to you? Because every single time I ask someone this question, it's always very, very different. And I think you've made a really good point in terms of defining what success means to you and not to people who are around you or maybe even close to you. And God forbid, on social media because when you think about financial freedom as being something that I think that we all pursue and all um, I guess aspire to that has different meanings in the social media meaning of that 
would lead you to believe that it is having a million quid, a Lamborghini, uh, a private jet, or some stupid outlandish stuff for you yeah. to feel financially secure. And actually, in, in the real world, that's not what it is. And it's interesting that that's your starting point, because I believe that we need to root ourselves in the things that matter. The money, the money and the monetary figures and some of the other stuff that comes alongside it is simply the accoutrement or the vehicle to make that thing that you root yourself in more meaningful and to ma- help you make it happen. I don't know whether you, how you view that. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, um, I always think about social media um, as my library. So I've got a couple of books up here. My, most of them are my fiance's because she's far more intelligent than me. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I always look at social media and say Instagram. I look at it as what is my own personal library? What what do I see when I look at a story or a post? Does it give me energy or does it make me feel worse about my current situation? And I try and cultivate my library of books, but in, in the social media sense, of inspiring characters and people that help me push on and self-develop and learn. And ultimately, are pursuing goals that are in alignment with my goals, my values, my passion. And that allows me, every time I look at social media, rather than kind of making me feel like, oh, they, they've got the Bugatti, they've got the Rolexes, I haven't got mm-hmm. anything of this. It makes me think there's people out there with similar dreams to me, they're, they're crushing it, they're achieving it, and it gives me that boost that I need sometimes to then continue along my path because it's a long, windy path. Um, I think you say this with your financial kind of advice and, and other bits and bobs as well. Like it's, I'm all about long-term development, not short, quick mm-hmm. wins. There's, there's things that can help you get there it's a long journey and I'm committed to this uh, and I likewise I'd like to have individuals who have the same mindset and same values of, of long-term self-development and long-term commitments and um, so that, that's how I look at social media as well yeah so for people who may be listening and watching this um, at the moment who are in this you know court of life crisis they might be in a nine-to-five job realizing I, I, I don't I don't want to do this I can't do this anymore I want to change. I want to do something that is going to be fulfilling to me. What would be your, your top tips to, to, to help them and make that transition, really? Definitely, definitely. So uh, there's, there's three main tips, I suppose. There's a, of course, it's a, a long-term process and long-term program and, and, and journey you go down. But the three core themes, one is what we discussed already. So defining your version of success. Um, is it financial freedom? If it is, you know, what is it about financial freedom for you? Is it just a case you want financial freedom to then pursue the career or job you want to do now? Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Is there something we can do to have that career or job now that also is rewarding financially so we can get to that place quicker and live in that place of, you know, fulfillment um, in, in a much shorter time scale? So mm-hmm. there's various activities around um, self-awareness, around your values, you know, your passion, I think through doing that, I've clearly learned that mine is to wake up every day with a sole focus to inspire people to do what inspires them. And for me, I think when I'm on my deathbed, you know, kind of God willing, and I look back and I think the ripple effect, the amount of people I can help change their their path, you know, how much more passionate and respectful and fair the world will be if you can have more people doing jobs that actually enjoy. You know, we've all met people, receptionists or other roles, and you think, they don't enjoy their job. They, you can tell they don't enjoy their job. And if I, if you can help to find your success and get to that place, at least that that kind of that compass, that end goal, 
that's a really good starting point to kind of continue your life forward with. So I would say that's my first core concept. Then my mm -hmm. second one, uh, funny enough, is around accountability, which I, I, I have the pleasure of being in that accountability group with yourself uh, and some other real kind of key dream makers. And it, it's finding people that energize you. I, you know, when I'm in the room and I meet yourselves and others and I kind of network, I, I talk about my dreams and they talk about theirs and we can see the past and the alignment that we're going to. Now, we've all had that friend that you have this dream, you have this goal that you want to do since you're a child, but perhaps you suppressed it. You know, you've done what society tells you to do, earn that Rolex, get that Bugatti. And, mm -hmm. and they, they turn around to you and you say, I've got this idea, I think I want to do this, I want to go into coaching, I want to help others. And they go, because I don't enjoy my role. And they say, they say, Michael, no one enjoys their job. What are you on about? Just, just keep going. Just stick, you know, quit your team. You can carry That's on. That's the worst. You know? That, that is the worst <laughs> thing. That is the worst thing. And I think you're right. I think accountability and having a tribe or it, and this is the thing, right? So this is my firm belief. I, over the past, maybe two, three years, I've met a lot of people and everyone has an ambition Everyone now on social media wants to drive at their own specific thing. But you're right. If you're trying to do something that is a little left of center, a little bit out there, if you don't have people who kind of think the same way, they're not going to see your perspective. They're not going to understand what you're trying to do. And so having a circle, having a tribe of people that you can bounce things off, that see the world and and understand that actually we want to do something different that's really really important and i think the most important thing is that you don't necessarily always have to have people who want to do exactly the same thing as long as you can find a tribe or group of people that are driven they are willing to put themselves out there you energize each other and even more so if there are people with different goals, different aspirations in different areas, like that, that group community that you end up getting ends up growing because you can not only just inspire people, but you might actually see that there's a cross section of skills and knowledge that you can benefit from as well. And account accountability is so, so important. Really, really important. Yeah. No, I, you know, there's cliche sayings like your network is your net worth and, and, and other bits like that. But I, I mean, I truthfully believe in it. And I think, I, I completely agree there might be spheres and other goals that might not be relevant to you now, but who knows if you build that lifelong relationship with people in five years, 10 years, who knows how you can kind of cross section and help each other out to, you know, in, in the future. And I, and I think that that accountability piece, you know, I would really recommend that to anyone. It could be simple as having an accountability partner that you kind of touch base once a week and say, these are my goals for the week. This is what I'm going to try and do going forward. Um, and there's loads of tools and books, like there's a, a really good book called Make Time that says, you know, set your daily highlight. So at the beginning of every day, what's the one thing I want to do today? You know, you might share that with your partner, your accountability partner. And at the end of the day, you just review how you got on. And you think if you did that for 365 days, that habit, doing one small thing, my goodness, <laughs> what a year it could be if you do that one habit every single day. So... So I, I suppose in building on that, even more practicality. So that's like a good, you know, thing about the partner, accountability partner. But when I thought about my journey and getting into the coaching space, you know, we're in the digital age. There's great tools like LinkedIn where I can find other people, other coaches who are three years, five years ahead of me in the journey. And I can reach out to them and ask what their experience is. You know, 
how did they find it transitioning into that career? What are some of the things they would do differently if they had their time again? And I, I quite like that three to five year period because if you have someone who's 10 years, who's, who's a master, who's an expert, mm -hmm. sometimes they're harder to relate to. So I think that's also quite a key tangible tip. If you can find someone, you know, you, you define your success, you start to understand what some of the roles, the, the industries that I want to get into, you can start talking to those people to say, what is the reality of this job? You know, everybody's watched Suits and seen Harvey Specter and thought, I want to be a lawyer. <laughs> and, then, and then you talk to a real lawyer and you realise that's 5% of the job and it's reading yeah. papers, it's doing research. And then you think, okay, may, maybe the Suits lifestyle is not for me, you know. But I, I think that's also another good one on that network. Yeah, I, th I would agree. Suits is a great show, by the way. It's one of my favorite <laughs> it's a great ones. Show. What an absolute <laughs> great show! I they they need to continue that. They need to continue that. Yeah, but for sure. I mean, I think you know, this is this is one that I hope people will will, will benefit from um, because I think through COVID cost of living crisis, um, people there was this this great resignation where people were like actually you know what I don't want to do this. And I think when you go through something like COVID you you definitely realign your priorities and you think well actually this really does not work for me and so if you are listening to this you know i i want to kind of like the, the podcast is about practical things that you can just go off you can consider go and research go and plug into your into your into your life on a day-to-day -day basis and help you move forward but as i've already mentioned sort of part way through this I meet a lot of people who are in this position right now who are in a nine to five. And I think when you feel the sense of you're trapped, it leads to so many other things. And I'm be interested to hear your thoughts on this. The amount of people that I've spoken to who hate their jobs, who are depressed, who have anxiety about going to work on a Monday morning. I mean, in the past, it feels like it's just been one of those things. I'll just, just get on with it. This is, just get on with it. But now I think we're, we're definitely more um, open to discussing and talking about the fact that actually I feel depressed on the Monday morning. I don't want to be here. It's having an impact on my mental health. Do you see that a lot in, in the people that you, that you interact with? Yeah, no, I, I, I think what you said about the great resignation kind of speaks really true to me. I think, it, and the people I see, because it's given some people that it gave them that opportunity. It was like a circuit breaker. They just carried mm -hmm. on with life. I know it's rubbish. I just keep going on. Just head down. Keep going. Keep going. And then COVID stopped. Various industries, hospitality and others, stopped them. Said, that's it. Nothing's happening. And it gave time, gave people that time to self-reflect and ponder, you know, do I want to do this? What else? Is there more to life than just kind of cracking on and doing these things? Um, and, it, and it just makes me think about others, you know, the tags we, we put to millennials and say, you know, they're the lazy generation. They don't want to yeah. do expert. They, they don't work hard. Well, yeah. I, you know, I have a bias, I must admit, but I, I say we're, we're the fulfilling uh, generation. We're, we're the generation that pursue fulfillment first and, and other things that come a second. Um, and I think there's hopefully, uh, all I would stress to people is I know it's hard and you aren't the only one out there. And I, and I swear to you, there are hundreds of thousands of people who are in a similar situation who are really struggling with the jobs they're in and knowing, not knowing what kind of way to turn. And I just implore you to take small action rule steps because you can't change these things in a day, a week, even a month sometimes. Um, and that will kind of come on to my third and final tip in a minute. You need to take small steps. You know, is it simply just 
looking at a CV? Is it talking to a friend? Is it kind of having a look on LinkedIn just for five people who might be in a role that interests you? And just do it one small, like my daily habit, you know, my daily highlight story, one small step every day. And within a week, within a month, you can look back and think, right, okay, I've contacted three people. I've had a conversation and they know a job that might be of interest to me. They've told me about the careers and the education requirements, you know. So it, 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 for me, it's just to implore you, it, it is hard. Please don't feel overwhelmed. And please just take small steps and have that moment of self-awareness and self-reflection. Um, because if anything's urgent in this world, it is you. You are urgent mm. and your life matters. So make the most of it. Yeah. And what's your final tip? Um, what's your tip number three for, for people? Yeah, so I so I, I, I say all this lovely stuff and, you know, I can see, I can maybe see people thinking, yeah, yeah, Michael, that sounds great. You've got your success. Mm-hmm. You've got the self-awareness. Yeah, it sounds great, mate. But how do I actually transition? Like, how do I move <laughs> yeah. over to, to another yeah. role? And I, you know, I, I come from a, a vast experience of project management. So I, I have my fair bit of risk averse in me mm-hmm. when I make decisions. And I think it's, it, my final tip is around that transition. And it's taking a calculated risk. So I don't mm-hmm. want people to take the message of, right, that's great, Michael. I know what I want to do. I know I'm trapped. I'm quitting my job tomorrow. I've got my resignation. I'm sending me email. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's take, take a calculated risk. So, okay, how what what do I need to do? What are the essential bills and things I need to pay? And I know you kind of harp on about this, and I think it's so good in terms of financial sense around emergency funds. I think mm-hmm. this is amazing. This is one of the biggest things I kind of preach to people when they're at that period of transition. You know, and is it three months, six months, whatever feels relevant to you? Some people might be more risk averse and might want to work towards a year. Some might be more three months because of their skill set. They can find a job quickly. But once you have that backing behind you, you can then go into other investments. Or in my sense, once you have that backing behind you, you can then take that leap to another career. And even the career you leap into, you know, is it for my world in terms of coaching? Do you become a self-employed coach? You know, a one-man band. You've got, a, you know, there's no ceiling to the income and, and to the, the positives, but you take on a lot of risk. Or do you become an associate coach? So for two or three days a week, you're part of a wider organization. You've got a, a salary that's in the bank, you know, guaranteed 10, 15K. And then the other two, three days a week, you're self-employed and you start to build your brand and build your shit. And there will be little parts of that I hope people can take for their own individual careers and their aspirations to make a small calculated risk. Simple things from going full-time, you might go part-time. And then for the, the other two days, that's what you do in that other career. You know, and then when you work it out, you gain the confidence, you know, this is a thing for me. You quit that full, you know, that full-time job, which you moved to initially part-time and you go full-time into your role and you, you know, you go smashing forwards and crack on. So the, it, yes, I, I have the, the airy fairy stuff around the kind of success and the self-reflection, but equally there's really quick tangible steps you can take to move to that place. I love that because that's really, really practical and it's actually quite, it's quite important. And when I was in corporate world, when I was in Canary Wharf, we used to use this analogy when, because we were, we, we were selling uh, like this really groundbreaking uh, investment product. And in the business, we use this analogy, like when, you know, when you start off a business, you're on your bike. So you're pedaling furiously, right? And as you try to grow, what you have to do is you have to jump off your bike into a car without actually stopping and getting off the bike. So what mm-hmm. you're doing is you're trying to, you, number one, you need to make sure you have enough runway so that you can 
get get up to speed, get get steady, and actually work out how you're going to make that transition. And I think that that emergency fund really is that that mechanism for you to go from the bike to the car, the car being more fulfillment in what you actually want to do long term. If I were to put it into analogy, that would be the analogy that that I would put it into. But crucially, what I do want to stress here is that you know. If I if I think about my own personal experience and my own personal journey over the last two to three years, an emergency fund has been invaluable to making all of this this happen. None of this would have happened if I didn't have an emergency fund. And we harp on about this so much that it can be a little boring sometimes. And it could be like, yeah, Pete, we know. But believe me, it's really, really important for you to think practically, to think pragmatically. And, you know, ironically, I have my book coming out this this month, and I spend a lot of time in the book talking about how you actually go about building an emergency fund, the purpose of an emergency fund. Because with everything that's happened, I started the podcast, this podcast, the YouTube channel, literally in COVID, with my emergency fund giving me enough runway to be able to be like, I'm going to give this the full beans. To be here three years later to have a book coming out is amazing. If I did not have that emergency fund, I would have been forced to go back into a nine to five. I would not be here. And so I want to encourage you, if you're listening to this, take a moment. Time is of the essence. You don't have a minute more to waste. You really don't. You have to think about it pragmatically. You have to think about it for, look, if you only have a finite amount of time, how soon do you want to make tangible meaningful change and the changes are difficult they are they are difficult they are going to test you they're going to challenge you but small steps small steps lead up to bigger things and even if you have a realization from this episode of okay i need to take a pause i need to think about this properly then i think we would have served ourselves but i think it's really really important don't waste any more time Really think about what those practical steps are. Reach out to someone like Michael to actually guide you. And this brings us on to how do actually how do people actually find you, Michael, if they wanted to to reach out on social media or other or other other means. Yeah. So if uh, if you go Michael Glassic Coaching on on Google, you'll find my website MichaelGlassicCoaching dot com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, and you can find me on Instagram. Uh, simply Michael Glassic Coaching, all one word. Um, so it'd be a pleasure to kind of help support others. Um, and it can help you on that journey of transition to pursuing a career that's both fulfilling and rewarding for you. Cheers, Michael. And so, look, guys, if if you have listened to this and you're watching this on YouTube, I appreciate every single one of you. This podcast again this year is going to try and branch out to talk about things that intersect with money because it isn't just all about the investing. It is obviously a great and really important step but there's so much more that you need to have in the background as your foundation to get there. And things like mental health, things like, you know, how you actually go about surviving work. If you are in a nine to five that you absolutely hate, and I've been there, it's horrible. It's horrible. You know, spending years feeling unfulfilled, feeling as though you're wasting your time, feeling as though your time could be an end at a performance review. That's how I used to feel in corporate world. I would do so well, 
but you become a victim of your own success. Where if I bring in 15 million pounds in sales, well, guess what? That's 100% target, 110% of my target. I know for a fact that my target is going up by 20% the following year. So, you know, this is corporate structures. This is the corporate rat race, right? And being able to transfer or transition into something that you care about, that will be your passion, is not easy to do. A lot of people try this, a lot of people fail, but that doesn't mean that you will fail. And so these practical tips are really, really important. Reach out to Michael, reach out to myself. Like so we have a, a, a peer circle, which is an accountability group. It's full of like-minded people who want to work towards something that is going to be fulfilling for them. And we make sure that we have a chat every single week. We set goals and we meet up once a month. If you want to join that, there'll be a link in the uh, show notes. I'll also leave links to Michael in the show notes as well. But as always, thank you so much for listening. Remember, money is a tool, life is for living. We'll catch you next Monday. 